The article was called Vietnamese Brides Find Out It's Not Milk and Honey in Foreign Lands. Oh, no. Odd headline, though, isn't it, for well, a pretty serious topic? I know. Uh, well, at least didn't they didn't say Vietnamese Brides Find Out It's Not All About Bubble Tea <laughs> in, in these foreign lands, you know? Yo, when if you see a Western tourist with the rice hat on, <laughs> oh, the that, conical hat, yeah, the conical that, hat, is that considered racist? No, maybe their tour group just gave them away. No, I don't think as so. As a welcome <laughs> gift with the kanlan, you know, it's too expensive. I would probably give something else. No, no, usually well, maybe you can like call them out. Call them out next time and see what no. happens. So there are a lot of reasons to love breakfast as there are a lot of reasons to love having it at Cafe Marcel in Taudin. Oh, the bubble. Oh, the yes, bubble. the bubble, Andy. The bubble. Hello and welcome to the Bureau Podcast. I'm Matt Cowan, the Bureau Chief and your host. Thank you for joining me here in a steamy Ho Chi Minh City and long weekend. Well, it's been a long time since our last episode, six months in fact, so it's good to be back behind the mic. No, nothing dramatic happened, if you were wondering. Andy didn't get jailed, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still here. And Mel didn't run off with a wealthy sugar daddy. Poor yet. boy. Oh, oh, poor boy. <laughs> I was going to say tool, uh, tool boy. Toy <laughs> boy, luckily. It's just that nothing much exciting really happened at all. Sometimes life just gets in the way like a grab bike driver just as you press that bloody record button. We've all been there. Get out of the way, little green man. On the show, we unpack some news stories that have caught our attention over the past week or so. Then we deep dive and probably crash and burn into a cultural phenomenon in Vietnam that, try as we might, we just can't quite get our heads around. Today, it's the Vietnamese bride trade to Korea. It's been booming for a while now off the back of K-pop's popularity here, the presence of a large expat Korean population and a falling birth rate in the country known as Han Wok in Vietnamese that has left the country with more men than women. After that, we'll blow the dust off our luggage for our travel segment, in which, you can probably guess, is all about travel. This week, the travel vloggers are back and we're going to take a look at what fascinates them about Ho Chi Minh City and in turn what makes us shake our heads at them. And finally, we wrap this sucker up with our review of the week, a segment in which we share a recent experience that could be about street food, an event, bar, restaurant, new opening, venue, hotel, kebab shop, <laughs> whatever. This week, I review Cafe Marcel and their egg slut, and Mal and Andy get to find out just exactly what an egg slut is and how well they go down. Address complaints to our content manager. That's me. All that and more on Vietnam's award-winning podcast. So let's get into it. But before we get into all that, I need to introduce my co-hosts. 
On my right is our pint-sized royal watcher and Johnny Depp court case drooler. <laughs> but even more trivially, and some might argue with the easiest job in the world, is it a job? As the Bureau's <laughs> content manager, it's Melanie Kasul. How are you, Mel? Hey, did you know that Johnny Depp and I same this share the same birthday? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And Michael J. Fox. Okay, cool. And my dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, no that's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. June 9th. Nice one. Good to hear anyway, Mel. So uh, now food question for you. Mm-hmm. You love your eggs. Yeah. Have you ever encountered a dish that sounds as naughty as an egg slut? No, not with such an exciting oh, name God. as that. Uh, was the dish wet or runny? <laughs> is this, uh, al- is this did allowed? It, did it need a bit of a beating in the pan? Or did it shrink after poaching? Uh, yeah. I can pun all day if you want, but it will just get dirty and dirtier by the minute. So Dripping. Be- oh, <laughs> best we move along. Okay, uh, let's move it. And to my left is Saigon's cafe culture connoisseur, marketing mogul, anti-simp, and all-round mega troll, co-host Andy Tran. How are you, Andy? <laughs> good, good, good. Thank you very much. Good start to the new year. Yeah, it's good, isn't Six it? Six months in. Uh, cool. New year good in April. Yeah. <laughs> new year in April. Yeah. Well, it all starts here well, now. May, actually. We're in May now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crikey. Now, Andy, I'll give you a food question too. If you ordered an egg slut, how would you have it? Sunny side up, over easy, raw? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Scrambled. <laughs> Okay. All I like right. scrambled, you know what I mean? No, you no not really. No, no. no. <laughs> okay, well, uh, if you want more of that gooeyness, stick around for the review coming up. But first, the news. In this segment, each of us shares a news item that caught our attention this week. Who's first? Ah, I guess it's me. Okay. Okay. Where well, you going, the 31st um, Southeast Asia Games is about to start this Thursday, May 12th. Wow, who in knew? In Hanoi. <laughs> and um, I think uh, the nearby provinces. So Hanoi is not the only one with like the stadium and, and you know, all the activities. It's going to somewhere, but it's up north, all right? So Vietnam is expecting to receive over 10,000 athletes. Wow, okay. From... Over from 11 countries. Yep. So it's not just like Southeast Asian countries. So even other um, countries in the region. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's not exclusive East to Timor. ASEAN East countries. Timor is on the ticket. Okay. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Australia should just be part of it. Yeah. Australia is always like. Pan Pacific. Yeah. Asia Pacific. No, but. Kind of. You when, know, when, when the World Cup happens, like Australia is uh, now part of the AFC. Yep. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, That's yeah. right. Imagine we could clean up. <laughs> well, we clean up anyway. I mean, our biggest rival is New Zealand. You know? yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think the last time the Asian Games happened, obviously before COVID uh, in 2019, was in the Philippines. Oh, right. And at that okay. time, Vietnam placed second overall after the Philippines. Wow. With a total of... 98 gold medals, 85 silver medals, and 105 bronze medals. So this year, Vietnam is predicted to excel in athletics, martial arts. There's a couple of martial arts sports in the SEA Games. So right. yeah, um, wrestling, check this out, canoeing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bodybuilding, 
and of course football. What about um, gaming? Is gaming part of the Sea Games? Like esports? Yeah. No, it's oh. not. Oh, right. But okay. you know, it has its own league, I guess, okay. like League of Legends and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, I'm not into it. You've got no idea. In I, other words, no, okay. I don't. So Hanoi alone has budgeted more than 600 billion VND. So that's about 26.13 million right. USD. That's a lot of dong. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the news bit that I wanted to share. So it's. No wonder that the organizing committee are upset about brand infringement of the games. So the issue here, according to a recent article from Vietnam Plus Online, is that unofficial organizations, enterprises, and individuals have been using the game's logo, mascot, official song, the title of the organizing committee, like their hashtag, like the hashtags and the taglines of the event. And other images related to the games. Why am I not surprised? Without permission. So some of the infringements include producing fake plush toys of Saula. What's that? So Saula is the game's mascot. It's a spindle horn, uh, an Asian unicorn. What's a spindle yeah, what horn? is a spindle horn? <laughs> it's an Asian a- Asian unicorn. Okay. So I so I, f- all different colors like. No, yeah, no, so it's a, it's a not the one. magical unicorn. It's kind, it's brown. It, it looks more like a deer. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. And um, so, yeah, um, unofficial printing of the Sea Games 31 logo on products such as sports clothing and using the logo at unrelated events, just, you know, mm. piggybacking on it. So what do you think? Should the public make a buck? out of the region's biggest sporting event without licensing permits from the official organizers, guys, like Andy, you have consulted with many brands. Um, How does fake merch affect the real branding of an event? And Matt, will you buy me a plush Saula toy? Well, if I can get a cheap fake one somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's it's called a replica. It's called a replica. (laughs) What do you guys think? Well, yeah, it's, it's bad for brands like who spend millions of dollars mm. to to have the uh, opportunity to be officially be part of the SEA Games or C Games. Mm. Um, but this is Southeast Asia, so you know these things kind of happen already. Um, it's how the government. I think it, I think mm. this is where the government has to step in, and this is where you know I think government is trying to do some stuff anyway. Yeah. But man, this this is so ingrained into. Southeast Asia culture anyway, like this infringement, copycat IP, you know, yeah. being stolen. It's it's gonna happen for the next couple of generations at least. Yeah. Um, or hopefully by the end of this generation, like you see like okay improvements. Improvements around that, um, sovereignty when it comes to likeness and and without, you know, getting, you know, license like um issues and stuff like that. So yeah. It's just, it's just the way it is. But I think like, for example, if you were a, a restaurant in Hanoi and you have a promotion like, hey, you know, if you're an athlete or if you're a whatever and you're here to watch the SEA Games, we've got like a buy one, get one promotion. If you show us, you know, a ticket or something like that. I mean, that's kind of okay, right? You're capitalizing on the main event, but you're you're still giving the customer something back. Or something. Yeah, I think I think if you're a small business, it's not as um, it's not 
as a big of an issue than mm-hmm. it is if you were a big business like your national. You're spending millions on this already, like in your out of your own pocket to kind of build a campaign yeah. to piggyback off it. That I think that's when it becomes a bit of a problem. But I think for small businesses, it's fine. It's okay. I mean, the amount of medals like we're going to give out or Vietnam's going to give out. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, you know, if um, you have a small, small business, they'll be like, Hey, if you show us your medals, yeah. we'll get you a free meal. <laughs> Apparently each of the athletes and each of the coaches and everybody coming, they get a free plush toy. Mm. Made in Vietnam. Well, officially. Oh, let's not go yeah. there. All right, good one, Mel. Uh, on to Andy. You've got something for us. Yeah, so what's happened in the startup world that's happening right now. So a couple of years ago, a few years ago, there was a kind of e-bike called Dat mm. Bike. D-A-T. Like that, but Dat. Anyway, Dat oh, Bike. I know that bike. Yeah, that yeah. bike. Yeah, that bike yeah. is cool. So <laughs> it came out um, and, you know, everyone's jumping onto the sustainability environmental mm. kind of bandwagon. And just this week or this week that just passed, they just secured 5.3 million wow. in series A funding. Okay. And it's, it's pretty cool. Cause, because it's only, a, it's a company that's only been around for the last, you know, couple of years mm. or, you know, three years. Cause it started back in 2019, you know, they build out like a total of about 10 mil. So they've raised about 10 mil already and so within the startup world yeah which is cool and and the cool thing is is uh dat bike the company has actually been recognized by the vietnam ministry of transportation as their very first domestically made electric bike Mm. and the bikes are pretty cool so for anyone who i mean i'm assuming a lot of people that listen to this uh from the bubble (coughs) (laughs) you would have seen it uh rolling around like i remember the first edition when it came out i wasn't as as a bike yeah. person, I wasn't that impressed by it because it was like, oh my God, drum brakes, you know, the, the oh, battery is right. heavy, okay. yeah. it, you know, all that kind of stuff. But now like you see the bikes, like the design of it. It's more uh, sleek. It's more sleek. It actually looks like the form factor actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, mm. we saw one in your neighborhood the other day. Mm. It looked pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that's a really awesome thing like for Vietnam in, in itself. Um, I, know, I know Vietnam's like all on this like crypto bandwagon wanting to jump, <laughs> you know, you hear the word Dow and NFTs, like, oh, NFTs, yep. go to the moon, all this kind of stuff, <laughs> DeFi, whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's fake anyway. Oh my God. I just said it. It's fake. <laughs> um, so you have all that kind of stuff happening, but you have something that's yeah, real. All that. Yeah. Yeah. You have all that. That's back. <laughs> that. That, okay, that's, that's cool. That's a good one, that's Andy. Cool. Thanks for that. Um, I'll look out for those bikes. Oh, um, no. one, one thing, though, is that um, the adoption of this kind of, um, is it a tech? No, it's a transport device. Innovation. Okay, product. Okay. So the adoption of this innovation needs to have support, needs to have support. Like, for example, we live here in apartment block, right? And there's parking lot downstairs. So if you had one of these dot bikes, will you be able to charge it in your underground parking lot? Or do you need mm. to like, you know, convince your security guard, I need to, you know, put it in my elevator and take it up to my eighth floor apartment and then plug it in into my house. So if you don't see, um, you know, plugs, uh, mm. what do you call them? Outlets, yep. like electric to, recharging to charge, yep. to charge the battery, then this is not going to fly. Like how about schools? You know, coffee shops, coffee shops, coffee, universities. Yeah. Mm, good point. So a lot of the young kids, what's the age when kids can like 
uh, get on a motorbike, you know? So that could be the in the in point for this company is to get young children into it as well. But then can they charge it in their school? Yeah. There's nowhere to yeah. do it. Yep. Good point. Yeah. Nice one, Mel. Um, so for mine, um, soon you're going to be able to take a helicopter joy flight over Saigon. Is it electric? Uh, Well, I'm just amazed that we're going to be able to fly. Um, (laughs) Apparently, it started on the 29th of April and uh, they're charging four plus million per passenger. So that's about 177. Yeah, it seems pretty good, Mm. doesn't it? 177 US bucks for a 40 minute flight. Wow. Um, I'd actually feel like they should be paying me to go on it. But anyway. (laughs) uh, How many people with you in the helicopter? Uh, good question. It's here. I've got it. I've got it written down here somewhere. I'll come to that in a bit. Um, so the chopper is some kind of AW189, uh, which I believe is some uh, Italian made thing. Uh, it's a twin engine. Um, I guess it's better than one engine. (laughs) Um, medium lift helicopter, whatever that is. Yeah. So, uh, it's a heavy lift though. Well, that's one for all those Western tourists that are, (laughs) oh yeah. I don't know if I should have said that. No, um, let's, let's call it out. Lose some weight <laughs> before you come over. Uh, flights will depart the helipad. Mm. Wait for it, not off Batexco Tower um, because you can't actually take off from there apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Military Medical Hospital 175 near Tansanyat Airport, mm-hmm. which is the uh, international airport here in Saigon, or actually from the airport yeah. apparently. I don't know what, what will one? determine yeah. what. And the chopper will take... Depends on the air traffic. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think... Uh, sorry, well, you've, I've lost my, um, my spot. The chopper will take uh, uh, those brave enough above Fumi Bridge mm. out here in District 7, the new Tim Bridge. Ooh, I haven't been there. everyone's uh, <laughs> getting excited about at the moment. And the so- so-called Bin Kwai tourist area, which oh. is sort of beyond District 2, right? Yeah. Tuduk. Sort of Tuduk area. Wait, isn't that isn't that farmland? Yeah, beyond, wetlands. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Beyond Talian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. And there are plans for a longer flight, which will go over Kanyo Mangrove Forest. Oh, that the should be Tunlup interesting. Tourist area just south of here in the Mekong Delta, lasting fifty to eighty minutes. Wow. Um, but just to let you in on that. It's mostly swamp out there, so I don't know <laughs> what you're going to see exact, exactly. Here you go, Mel. The choppers will allow a maximum of 16 passengers, ah, so that's okay. a fair bit. So yeah. what do you guys think about that? Well, on the upside, it is in cooperation with the military hospital, right? Yeah. So I guess the pilot and the crew are trained in medical evacuations and such. So I think I... So what are you saying? You're expecting this sucker to go down? No, I mean, no. Uh, On the contrary, it makes me feel rather safe already. Okay. Okay. Now on the downside, there was a mention of free... Was there a mention of free insurance with the tickets? Oh, I can't remember now. Yeah, because that could be, you know, the deal breaker for me. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Andy? Well, I think it's super cheap. I mean, if you think about it, like I I was just having a quick look because I was like, oh, cool, Vietnam, like Saigon has one. Yeah. Let's see what other cities have it. And so I was like, oh, well, let's see what Hong Kong has. And that one is, you know, it's over a hundred mil just for their flight. 
Wow. wow. For the same time. For the same, yeah, for the same time. Wow. For the same time. Okay. So, you know, 100 mil dong hmm. versus 4.4 are kind of- yeah. Although the Hong Kong one could be more action packed because Hong Kong actually has skyscra- skyscrapers and such. Yeah. So maybe the helicopter is, you know, like, cut, you know, yeah. go- what do you call that? Flying in and out of like buildings. And, and then here you've got, you know, wetlands and marsh. But yeah. I reckon uh, if you are a, like a YouTuber coming into mm. Vietnam, mm-hmm. you, would probably, you would pay that 4.4 mil yeah. straight up. Yeah. And then think of all the great content you can create from yep. that. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I'm not going on it. <laughs> Okay, it's time for some culture. In this segment, each week we choose an aspect of Vietnamese life or culture that's perhaps less well known to people outside of Vietnam and possibly even in it. So this segment is not about dancing and singing kind of culture. No, not that sort of thing. It could be anything. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This week I've turned to our good old trusty VN Express again, in which an article popped up about Vietnamese wives being duped into crappy foreign lives. The article was called Vietnamese Brides Find Out It's Not Milk and Honey in Foreign Lands. Oh, no. Odd headline, though, isn't it, for well, a pretty serious topic? I know. Uh, well, at least didn't they didn't say Vietnamese Brides Find Out It's Not All About Bubble Tea <laughs> in, in these foreign lands, you know? Uh, Andy, um, what would the headline be if it was about foreign men being duped by Vietnamese brides? Is this speaking from experience? Andy? No. Why, am I, why, why? Why do I get pinned for this stuff? Uh, well, what would be the headline? I mm. think the headline would be payback. Oh my god! It's good. It's, it's either that or like payback sucks. You know, oh the tax, god. the foreign tax is here. Something like that. Anyway, the article focuses on a young lady by the name of Van who says she, quote, used to think that her marriage to a South Korean architect was a stairway to heaven. Wow. How romantic. He must must build like really tall buildings. Um, And, you know, the fact that it's an architect and stairway to heaven. Yeah. Uh, There's a Netflix doco there somewhere. But instead of discovering her marble staircase with 22 karat gold inlay winding all the way up to the pearly gates of St. Peter, she discovered a grumpy rice wine sozzled farmer in overalls with duck shit covered gumboots demanding she run to the shops for some smokes. Oh, wow. But blame the mum and dad. Her parents encouraged her to marry a foreigner once she had graduated from high school and was happy to go along with it because she has two cousins that had married South Koreans okay. and didn't have to go to work after they were married. Oh, okay. Well, there's like... Um Speaking from experience, Mm. I guess. Mm. Okay. Incentive. Word of mouth. A A transaction. A matchmaker here in Vietnam introduced her to, I quote, an architect in Seoul on a salary of 32,000 US dollars per year. Now, she was 19, he was 32, so Mm -hmm. not a big age difference there, Andy. Why again (laughs) do I get hit with this? But the problem started, well, you're on the market, but the problem started after they got married. Um, Mm -hmm. as they often do. Uh, She wasn't allowed to spend money, use her phone or go out, and she had to do everything under strict supervision. Oh, no. Apparently her grumpy and irritable husband constantly yelled at her and beat her. 
And things got worse when she failed to give birth to a son that he'd always wanted. But they do have children. It's just that it's not boys. I don't know. It doesn't say that. Okay. Yeah. Right. I don't think they do have children. She lasted another two years, then managed to get in contact with a lawyer in Vietnam who helped her get back to Vietnam. Now, this isn't a rare case. In fact, many cases like it are documented almost weekly in the Vietnamese news, it seems. Allegedly, thousands of Vietnamese women have married South Korean men through matchmaking services. And according to one statistic, a 2018 study revealed that there are more than 170,000 Vietnamese brides in Taiwan and South Korea. So the matchmakers are online matchmakers or is it like face-to-face? I think that's how they connect. Okay. Wait, like, wait. I think. So you upload your profile okay. to this. So, so they make 32K each time they do this match. No, I think the, um, the profile of the man that she was promised oh, okay. earned 32 grand a year. Mm, yeah, I don't okay. know what the, the fees are yeah. that you mm-hmm. pay. Well, times that by 170,000. 70, yeah. yeah. That's quite a lot. Yep. Um, so yeah, it appears that many of these ladies get duped into marrying, or is it duped into marrying in remote rural areas and basically act Mm. as maids. A 2017 survey by the National Human Rights Commission of Korea found that more than 42% of foreign brides face physical, emotional, sexual, and financial abuse in that country. Guys, what do you think? And, um, is this Mm. a thing where you come from, Mel? Well... Okay. Um, I'm assuming you're asking this question because- Yeah, it was a bit loaded, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, as a female, obviously this is not cool. You know, every person, man or woman should have the right to choose who they want to marry. Now, whether it's, you know, coercion or catfishing, if that's a different argument. Uh, to answer your question, actually the Philippines, we have a law Uh, And I I looked at it online, actually. So it's Law 6955. And this was enacted by the Philippine Congress in 1990. So this law prohibits the business of organizing or facilitating marriages between Filipina women and foreign men. Okay. Okay. So this is like the male to order bride law. Right. Right. So Obviously, the 90s is when this was really like uh, trending in the Philippines. So this, is a, this law was a result of stories in the local media about Filipinas being abused by their foreign husbands. No social media back then, but like, you know, um, real investigative reporting. So this kind of practice has not been popular as of recent time. Now, you know, as Filipinos, we are self-deprecating. So it is not unusual for us to, you know, inject mail-to-order brides in some politically incorrect humor every now and then. I'm also a victim of of doing that. (laughs) But with the woke movement, I think it will become less. And so we don't have mail-to-order brides, but now... We have something more menacing and, and sinister. Yep. So I'm talking about the online sexual exploitation of children, aka live stream child sex abuse, aka yep. webcam sex tourism. And so the Philippines has become the global epicenter of the live stream sexual abuse trade. Wasn't there a campaign? A campaign yes, years ago where they created in Denmark or something. Yeah, they created an AI cutie. 
Yeah. Yeah, the 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 robot generated AI, they nicknamed her Cutie right. and it was used to bait like sexual predators yep. from Europe. Yeah, that was like a, a really massive campaign yeah. and intense. Yeah, so a recent article in the Guardian news online newspaper cites a 2020 research which suggests one in 5 children aged between 12 to 17 were subjected to grave instances of online sexual abuse while using the internet and COVID. Um, That's globally, right? No, in Not the Philippines. In, oh, in the Philippines. Yeah. Okay. And um, in, in, what do you call this? 12 to 17 year olds adds to concerns that COVID has left, left them more vulnerable. Yeah. So yeah, Philippines, it, yeah, were yep. bleep bleep. Yeah. Plus, I mean, obviously the Filipinos can communicate in English as well. So that oh. opens up. Yes. Things, you know, so. Younger. Um, yeah. It opens up to younger yeah. uh, women. Yep. Girls, victims. Yep. Andy? It's disgusting. That's I what know. I would say. Yeah. It's disgusting. And I like to say uh, those older Western Oh, no. Hey, now you're picking on me. Oh, am I? Wait. <laughs> I'm falling into this bracket. No, no but you don't I'm live in a coastal. T- but you don't live in a coastal town. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. oh damn, and that was always my dream. Oh well. Yeah, and your Filipino partner is actually older than you. <laughs> oh yeah, well that yeah that by that only helps one year. a little bit. That's the same, same. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. Uh, this is this. Uh, oh, Andy was. No, 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 no. Um, it's has sorry, a serious Andy. comment. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Well, no, it's not. I mean, it's serious, but at the same time, it's like, well, there's a reason why you see a lot of retired Western men mm. uh, from those kind of particular countries. They all kind of live in those coastal towns. Mm. Um, Vietnam is, you know, you know, everyone knows, right? Mm. Uh, so it, it kind of. It's a, it's a pretty And probably shit. more so Thailand, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. It's got a bigger reputation. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think Vietnam's trying to change that mentality. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that was getting rid of a lot of expats last year, like through that visa kind of situation. I know, I know there's a lot of people listening going, oh, my God, no, it's not. You know, I was I'm doing young. No, I'm yeah. teaching English. I'm doing something. I'm like considered. I'm part yeah, of the society. Yeah, there were actually a few people picked up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of pedos. Yep. Did I say that? Can mm. I say that? You can. Okay. Yeah, you can yeah. say that. Pedophiles. I mean, what else are you going to say? Well, they're scum. That's what they are. Thailand and the Philippines, we actually have like a visa scheme if you want to retire to the Philippines. So, and, and Thailand. I, I don't know the exact details of the Thai law and, and the Philippine law, but it is, you know, it is welcoming to this kind of um, scenario. Okay, it's time for travel. In this segment, we talk travel, basically anything related to it. It could be a destination, a piece of gear, an experience, a trip to the bathroom, which in Asia sometimes can be a perilous journey in itself, (laughs) as long as it has some connection to travel. And this week, I'm going to go first. Next week, it will be one of you two who will lead the way. So this week, the vloggers are back. They're back love them or hate them. We've seen a steady flow of them coming to Vietnam in the past couple of weeks, and now their content is appearing on our YouTube feeds, which is kind of good and kind of annoying at the same time. Nah, I I have Johnny Depp on my feed. (laughs) (laughs) I say it's good because it's good research to see what people overseas find interesting about Vietnam. After all, we've been locked up here for the past two and a half years and have become immune to the things that get people excited about Vietnam. 
And I also say it's kind of annoying because I'm seeing videos that have content about Vietnam that is just mm. not true yep. or just displays blatant ignorance. Or just trying to be a clickbait. Yo, when if you see a Western tourist with the rice hat on. <laughs> oh, the that, conical hat. Yeah, the conical that, hat. Is that considered racist? No, maybe their tour group just gave them away. No, I don't think as so. As a welcome <laughs> gift with the kan lan, you know. It's too expensive. I would probably give something else. No, no, usually. Well, maybe you can like call them out. Call them out next time and see what no, happens. No, but usually <laughs> you you get given a conical hat, like a wet towel and a yeah. bottle Water. They're great hats. I mean, they fit your head. That one size fits all. <laughs> like I like them because I've got a big head. And right. It just it, they're really good. Yeah, you know what they say about big heads. <laughs> anyway, and uh, where was I? <laughs> Clearly, the creators of these videos have been lazy with their research or just sloppy because of their mm-hmm. eagerness to get that video out there and get the views coming in. And then they've been getting views and comments more than we could ever hope for, Andy. Oh, my God. We should, we should just give in and just do everything stereotypical. I know. I feel like it. And, or do a podcast <laughs> and bitch about it. How about that for an idea? Just do a reaction of a reaction yeah. of a reaction. Now, this isn't me with sour grapes because I get f*** all views on my videos <laughs> uh, because there are actually quite a few YouTubers I subscribe to, like comment on, share, all that sort of stuff. It's just that these ones I'm about to introduce have stood out. The first one I want to introduce to you is the CR3 Experience. His name's Charles and his friends call him CR3. Uh, No idea what it means. Maybe he's related to... Christian Riano? No, C3PO. (laughs) CR. CR. Comfort room. He says he left... (laughs) He says he left his well-paid corporate job, sold all these things... Got fired. ...and grabbed a back to travel the world while working as a digital nomad, as you do. Like, why wouldn't you want to give up all that cash for shitty pay on the hustle as a digital nomad in a country where you don't speak the language? You know why? It's me. You know why? You know why? 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 Um, We're going to see these people specifically, maybe him, on YouTube (laughs) ads. Like, have you, you know, do you want to make extra income on the side? No, it's a woman. It's a woman and she sounds like there's a... Do you want to? <laughs> Hi. Do you? I am. Uh, what was it? Was her job? I don't work get upset in- at me, Mel. If you hear that voice coming out of my phone, <laughs> okay. All right. It's a YouTube ad. Are God you damn looking- it! It's research. It's yeah. something like, are you it's looking? Algorithm. To earn more money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. and uh, C3. Uh, his motto is live, laugh, travel. LLT. Yeah, it's pretty catchy. Now, this guy's channel is well-intentioned and he's clearly new at it and still working out his style. Wait, 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 wait. That model kind of sounds very similar to a movie, right? Is it Live, live uh, Pray, Love? Or something? No, yeah, yeah. Eat, Pray, Love. Eat, pray, well, yeah. see, it, clearly yeah. I don't watch that kind of movie. So. <laughs> yeah, right, Eddie. <laughs> Julia uh, Roberts. Now, but one of his videos that caught my eye had one with a thumbnail for a video he called Vietnam Red Light District. Ooh. And uh, on the thumbnail it said, I almost got arrested for this. Okay. Um, the so-called district was actually Bui Vin Street, what we call the backpacker area. Uh, It's not a red light district, although there's plenty of shadiness going on there. I think you all agree. Um, Mm -hmm. I commented and told him this and he replied, thanks for the heads up. So he hasn't been there. Well, 
Why does he, he say thanks for the heads up? So that means because I told him, I told him that this wasn't actually the red light district oh, in Vietnam okay. or in Saigon. It's actually the backpacker area. Yeah. So um, bloody tourists. So I let him know but maybe nicely. He, maybe he comes from a country where you know Bui Vien Street would be considered as a red light district area. Possib- possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Clearly, it's he, a party area. He, okay. I get that, but I, when I Hear red light. No, you know, prostitution thinking, is, yeah, not, yeah. is not legal Amsterdam, here. Right. Street, right. Yeah, right. prostitution is not legal here. Uh, so one chai in Hong Kong, Singapore. There's, there's. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the three floors of halls or yeah. whatever it's called on uh-huh. yeah, one orchid. You're going to Singapore soon, Andy. So uh, <laughs> we might get you to to call in for that episode. Hey, you know, you know that particular tower has awesome Thai food. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I'm allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> anyway, uh, our friend uh, C CR3, he also went to Hoi An and okay. visited Ban Mi Fung, oh. uh, the one Anthony Bourdain of famously course. put on the map. And I just want you to listen to what he had to say about it. Oh, we've got okay, a soundbite. Yeah, okay. just have a quick listen. Meeting the world's best Ban Mi, according to Anthony Bourdain. So there's a lot of great stuff in here. This is a a French baguette. Um, we got some cucumber in here, some onions, some chili sauce, some pork. given us an audio clip so i'm trying to imagine the visual context of this mm. soundbite so it might not be apparent to his you know with his words and his voice but what was he doing what did his face look like though well actually yeah so he built up the bun me because anthony bourdain of course said it you know it's yeah. the best bun me in the world or whatever um he took one bite and his face it was almost like Okay, this isn't that tasty. And that's oh. when he said, I'll take one more bite. Okay. And then he goes, hmm, okay, tastes good. <laughs> you know, that was it. All right. But the main <laughs> thing was that he didn't even get the name of the place right. He called it Bun Mi Hung. So he screwed all that up, which said to me that he hasn't really researched it properly. Mm. I can understand the language thing, but Americans. It, just, it just stood out to uh. me. Well, the thing is, you know, as a, as a vlogger, it's part of your job to review if you are eating, you know, uh, a local dish, then obviously your, your audience would like to, to find out what you think about it. So the audio part was definitely not 
giving me a lot of yeah, details. Yeah, sorry, it was a bit long and yeah. sorry about that. No, but, no, um, but I'm, it's not on you, it's oh, on him. You okay. just, you just, you know, shared with us the sound bite. But was his facial reaction like animated at no, least? No, not at all. No, oh. it was pretty deadpan actually. Ooh, okay. Um, and then he picked up the menu when he was, after he'd taken the second bite, picked it up as if to go, okay, I've forgotten the name of the place, uh, what I'm eating. Mm. And then he said sort of like, Bun me home. Is he good looking? Because that could that could also be. Well, the I think why. he's 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 young. He's probably twenties, late twenties, okay. maybe maybe thirty. Yeah. Covered in tats, gets around Ooh. in a singlet, oh, kind of kind of <laughs> kind of built. Okay. Where's the beach? Where's the beach? Uh, where's his shades around? And he's you know very cool. Okay. Bottom like lines: Should we subscribe or not? Oh, I think you should. I think you should. He's okay. only got like one thousand three hundred subs or something, and he's giving it a go. So I'm, I'm, by no means am I panning him. Okay. But uh, I think it just highlights that that these guys should do a little bit more research and give respect try to the country out a little bit. Yeah, it's disrespectful. Yeah. yeah, give respect to the country you're visiting. All right. So now one more I want to mention today. Honestly, okay. there could be a bunch more. I'm getting a lot. I, I spend a fair bit of time on YouTube because I'm trying to pick up tips and trying to build mm-hmm. my own channel. Yeah, but I won't do that to you. I'll just give you one more. <laughs> it's a guy who calls himself Uptin. Okay. Uh, he's American. He's been traveling through Vietnam recently. And my brother-in-law, Finn, he put me on to him. I okay. had no idea about him. Now, Upton has 63,000 subs <gasps> on YouTube. Wow. Wait, is he the brother of Lipton? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Oh, God. Uh, so uh, he's kind of lightweight in the scheme of things, 63,000 okay. subs, but still not bad. You know, it's about 63,770 more than I've got. That's <laughs> FKN delicious for sure. <laughs> um, he also has 93,000 on Facebook and he makes short three-minute videos about tech, money and cultures. So All he's right. a little bit of a Nas Daily type. Oh, he's without the controversy. Oh, you know what? Sorry, sorry to go off beat, but Nas Daily has like recruited a bunch of really popular singers and actresses in the Philippines to teach. Yeah, to Uh. teach his uh, his his courses. (gasps) Okay, so going back to Uptin, his camera presence is good and his production quality is good too. But the issue I have with him is that he doesn't seem to get his facts right. Mm -hmm. In one video in which he discusses why Vietnam is so cheap, which, as we all know, is the biggest reason why you should come to Vietnam, right? Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, He says 20,000 dom is 22 US cents. No way. And then he goes on to say the average monthly wage in Vietnam is just $2.00 when it's actually closer to 300 US dollars. Mm. Now, uh, I've got another little grab I want you to listen to. Okay. This is him uh, when he Up says in. this. Upton. Okay. Fast forward to today. The country's booming economy is making the standard of living affordable and lifting much of its citizens into middle class. So on average, most items here will cost you less than half of what you might pay in the West and maybe around 25% less than the rest of Southeast Asia, like Thailand or Bali. The food in Vietnam is super cheap. You can get a great pho or banh mi for a dollar or a dollar fifty, and minimum wage here is around two dollars per month. Middle class will earn around six hundred or seven hundred dollars per month. Okay, so that was up ten. Yeah. Wait, he did say he did get the banh mi prices correct though. Yeah, but um, based on what he said, that the average person would only be able to afford one banh mi 
per oh, month. No. And that'd be it. Because oh. he said the average monthly wage is $2. Okay. Mm. So, um, okay, small little screw-ups, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but it just meant That's that- That's a big screw-up though. Yeah. It makes us, well, I say us, I, I consider Vietnam my second home, but it makes us look really poor. So is that it? Like, oh, come to Vietnam no, and uh, well, help the economy sorry. invest? Or what? Do you, well, what's the point? No, it would be like me describing America- based off me watching Jerry Springer. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's such a, uh, like like his way of, of yeah. generalizing all yeah. of one country and doesn't even get the facts right. Well, you? for me, yeah, the, the main issue for me was, and about this segment today was that um, the vloggers are coming mm-hmm. and they're not getting their facts right. Okay. So well, I, I don't actually, now when I see his videos come up, I don't know whether to believe him. Like if he, He does videos all around the world now. So now I'm starting to think, okay, well, his video, let's say he goes to Australia. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I I know about Australia. But let's say he goes to Egypt or something where I've never been. I don't know whether he's telling the truth or not. Like, is he factually correct? Well, here's the thing. You know, with vloggers, there's two types. The first type that I actually like to watch are the vloggers who are honest. So if they don't know about something, they would actually, you know, ask man on the street or maybe say something onto camera and says, oh, okay, I didn't know about that. I'll find that. I'll find more about that. I'll put it in the show notes or, you know, maybe do a part two of the video. But then there's also these know-it-all types. And if the know-it-all types don't have their facts straight, they just read it yep. off, you know, like, face straight and it's like why well, I actually went online and called him out on it but mm. I didn't get any reaction well you're that. you're only one comment to what uh 10,000 comments yeah, that he, he gets receives a lot. he gets a lot <laughs> but it, I, mean, I guess if you do a talk over okay like you would see in a lot of Anthony Bourdain or any other travel shows I yep. get it because then you can you can get your facts right and stuff so I guess if you're trying to do this like vlog like in live type of like persona or, or in live type of reaction. Yeah, yeah. You should try and either get your facts right or at least practice Write a it. script. Yeah. Mm. But a lot of these kids don't do it. So they're just like, let's, let's just wing it. Cause you know, I just watch a lot of videos and mm. I can He's do actually it. quite scripted. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it surprised it sound me. Like but it was scripted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did, there was another video again, another day and he said something and I just thought, yeah, yeah. you know, well, sorry, dude. Let's uh wonder wonder if he'll call this like uh Downton. Yeah, Downton. <laughs> no, I wonder if he'll call Unification Day something else. You know, mm. like Invet in Asian. Invet. <laughs> in- oh. No. He might. He might. <laughs> Americans love to do that. Okay, so Moving bottom on. line, are we gonna subscribe or not? Sub or dub? Yeah. Ooh, uh, I like that. Look, he he comes up with some interesting topics that I can see that people who don't live in Vietnam would like. Does that make sense? So, so foreign audiences would like it. Like he did one about how grab is used here in Ho Chi Minh City. Okay. Now for me, not interested at all, but I could understand how an American traveler or an Aussie traveler who's thinking about coming here would enjoy it. Yeah, grab the local you know, getting Uber. on the motorbike, he, how people get around. <laughs> did he say the word, this is awesome. This is great Yeah, stuff. I think there's a bit of awesome. <laughs> oh, my there. God, yeah. this is awesome. <laughs> when you guys come here to Vietnam, we, we got to do It's awesome. 
yes, as Mel said, we're back and we're back for the final segment of this episode, review time. Well, as you may or may not know, breakfast is my favourite meal of the day. There's nothing quite like the smell of coffee brewing, the sound of the espresso machine fizzing. Wait, we have an espresso machine? (laughs) Wait, I thought you were going to say a fart in the morning (laughs) and the prospect of making that first incision in the top of my eggs, Benny, with the excitement of a Vietnamese plastic surgeon about to perform a nose job on a wannabe starlet. That, let's be honest, will probably end up looking messier than my half-eaten Eggs Benedict itself. Moist. (laughs) Is that right? Am I allowed to say that? Moist. But breakfast is also that one meal where (laughs) if you're meeting up with family or friends to eat out, it's really the only one where you don't feel guilty Mm. leaving early. Having brekkie out means you can always make up excuses like if you're in Australia, for example, I've got to go and mow the lawn before the game starts. Or if you live in the bubble in Taldin, you might say, the pool boy's coming at 11, got to let him in my back gate. Yeah. Or if you're a fake English teacher, I hear there are a few of those about, you could use this old chestnut. Sorry, got to do a visa run. See ya. So there are a lot of reasons to love breakfast, as there are a lot of reasons to love having it at Cafe Marcel in Taldin. Oh, the bubble. Oh, the yes, bubble. the bubble, Andy. The bubble. Cafe Marcel is part of the Marcel Restaurants Group, if I can say that, with Marcel Burger being their first shop, which I reckon opened around five years ago on Calmet Street in District 1. Mm-hmm. No, I think it was on, um, like, near Namki Koinya. Oh, no, well... That's what I was about to say next. Then oh. they opened Cafe Marcel initially on oh, Cafe, Street right. in District 1. That's Not right. too long before the pandemic hit from memory. Mm. When the pandemic did hit, they quickly packed up and moved to Taldin, Yeah, which was a great move as it turned out. Yep. On their website, they say, we chose the name Marcel because it evokes the older generation, maybe a grandfather or grandmother, that would gather the whole family on a Sunday lunch to share some traditional dishes just coming out of the oven. Uh, I thought it was like Marcel Marceau, you know, like the, the mime. And Marcel Restaurants aims at creating those moments. We operate story-driven concepts, taking roots in France, but opened to the world. Okay. We rely on authenticity, savoir-faire. Whoa. Anyone? Uh, and promote modernity. We strive for excellence, but we do it in a warm, casual, and fun atmosphere. All right. Too, too many complex uh, vocabularies. <laughs> savoir-faire. So, so first impressions mm. of the place. Well, disclaimer, I'd eaten here before, but let me highlight a few things. Mm. The parking guy, super friendly and polite. The parking and security guys are often the customer's first contact yep. and experience yep. with a venue. And if it sucks, sometimes it can set the tone for a shitty experience all yeah. round. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Or at the very least, the staff inside have to work extra hard to swing that mood mm. back, especially if a cranky Karen walks through the door. Oh, yeah, in Taldian. That's common, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, actually- is that true? <laughs> Let us know. And actually the parking guys at Café Marcel, they actually put like um, – you know those yeah, shade reflector, reflector cool. things yeah. for the bike so it yeah. doesn't get hot? Yep. So I think that's 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 yeah, really good, good service. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Cafe Marcel is cramped. You walk in, the cash register is immediately on your left when you mm. walk in. Then there's the open kitchen, which reminds me of the galley on below deck, Mel. 
<laughs> barely yeah, room right. to swing a cat. And they also seat customers along the breakfast bar thing. Perhaps up to seven to eight adults can swe- squeeze in along there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, hang on. Uh, maybe six fat Western <laughs> adults and a half space for Wait, the Wait, we nanny. can't say fat because uh, okay. today's world, they, they get all upset. Well, no. I can because I'm one of them. No, it's it's uh, what's it? Okay? It's obese, right? No, you can't. Oh. You, what, what's the what's the correct kind oh. way of oh. saying PC way of saying fat? Pretty soon, Google is actually going to autocorrect for politically correct words. Did you know that? No. Yeah, Google is going to come out while you're typing on a Google Doc or something. It's going to autocorrect if you okay. Well, type after this, something. we'll type in so fat, what's fat and see yeah. what happens. Fat. Yeah. Would it be chubs? Would it be? <laughs> Anyway, it is pokey though. It it is. In the main dining space, I reckon they could squeeze in maybe another 20 or so. Mm. Um, But don't bother bringing pushes, prams, bouncinets, or whatever, because there just ain't the space. I saw on their Instagram stories, there's actually customers who bring in pets like a dog. So, you know. They sit outside though? Was it no, I think no, it was a photo like? inside with a dog mm. on the floor. So, yeah. I could say something, but I'm not. Uh, okay. Put it this way. It's definitely a place you don't want to be in. Uh, if you run into your lover with your and you're with your partner and kids, uh, nor is it a place if you're badly hungover. Oh, but the food is really good if you are hungover. No, but we're, we're just talking about the space though because uh, okay. it's very closed in, low ceiling, people, lots of bodies do you, everywhere. Do you smell like the food though? Because you said there was no. an open kitchen, right? No. Oh, that's good. Because I was sitting at the bar. Mel's got a nose for that. Yep. Yeah, and that's good. That's uh, yeah, good. my clothes were fine. Which all in all makes the ambiance a tad stifling. Mm. You got to say in a French accent though. Uh, I think it's ambiance. Ambiance. Yeah. Uh, because it's so cramped, it feels like the place could explode at any moment. It's a tinderbox ready to ignite. You know, one of those, hey, I ordered my salted caramel iced coffee made with salted caramel syrup, condensed milk, coconut milk and whipping cream 15 minutes ago, but it isn't here kind of moments. No, but their, their service is actually fast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But if it wasn't. Oh, okay. I think the place could blow up. Yeah. Or uh, if you elbow your mama berry smoothie onto the floor made with blueberries, oh, no. bananas, vanilla, <laughs> lime juice and milk, what a f***ing disaster and waste of 120000 dom. As Plus VAT. <laughs> yeah. As mench and tip. Hey, and I tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't, but anyway. Oh, no, oh, I do. As you just went full X. You're the reason why everything costs so much. Low blow. Hey, this is my review. As <laughs> mentioned earlier in the show, though, I took on my first egg slut, a newcomer to the menu. Did you feel dirty? Uh, before, uh, before or after. Uh, before I describe what it is, I've got to say that it was such a relief to be able to say slut in public again and not get cancelled for it. It just rolls off the tongue nicely, doesn't it? Yeah, I remember back in the day, you can say the word like slut and, yeah. and uh, everyone would be like, ah, oh, you're so disgusting. But then everyone would be cool. Well, I wouldn't say everyone. Yeah. Because but not then, everyone's going to be cool. You know, when you, this is like a, a brunch place, right? Yeah. But when you go to a bar in the evening, you can say, can I get a blowjob? Yeah. <laughs> so what's the difference? Right, right. All right, we'll talk about that another time. I've got right. to finish this. Um, I could see a problem with the naming of this dish, though. If someone says it out a bit too loud, uh, you never know. A bunch of women might look up and that could be embarrassing. Mm. Anyway, the egg slut consists of creamy scrambled eggs 
uh, which the lap of my shorts can attest to. <laughs> Mixed in that is some cheddar cheese, which I can't really remember tasting much of, but that's fine. I don't like my eggs too cheesy, okay. especially if they're creamy. Full cream. What are we reviewing here? Food porn. Uh, There's also what they call house cured ham that comes with it, but only some small pieces. And I noticed they made sure they were poking out the sides to give that illusion, Mm, you know, that there's plenty in there. Uh, It could have done with more bacon, but hey, what doesn't? And all of this was deliciously encased in one of Marcel's beautiful little brioche buns that they're known for. Could have been a bit bigger because I murdered it, but for 140,000 dom, what's that? About seven US. You sure? Could be, could be 22 yeah. cents. You should <laughs> ask up, you should ask uh, up, 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 What's his name? Upton. No, is it CR3? Yeah. No, Upton. Upton. I think for seven bucks, it's worth it, plus a latte for Mm -hmm. $80,000. So all up, $220,000. You know, for $220,000, you can take someone for a good time, like outside of the bubble. And it will just pay for everyone. Wow. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but but Andy's good times for under two hundred and twenty thousand. No, it's about value. It's about value. That's how I say it. Well, uh, and just let me finish before we go on. Um, the service, the service was good. No issues there. So out of five, I'll give it a four. But I guess the question is, is it worth going over to D two four? Not during the wet season for mm-hmm. me. But but if I, it depends on who I am with. Ooh. And then, you know, because sometimes they're like, oh, my God, like I want something like Western. Uh, you, might, you might spend 200 And I'll and be like, oh, okay, fine. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's but go. Andy, So do you go normally, with a hat on and your hair covering? Yeah. 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 Normally, Andy. I try, not to get, I, I try not to get, like, noticed by people in the, you know. In the oh, list. that's Andy from the Bureau podcast. Oh. <laughs> is, that, is that that troll? Is that that D2 troll? But you don't go to District 2 often. Like, we don't go to District 2 often. Because it's far. Well, yeah. our motorbike doesn't really no. get that far. So, doesn't like, like it. it is worth the trip, but that's not the only thing we do in, yep. in District 2. Yeah, I feel like yeah. if you go to District, like if you, anyone who lives outside District 2, mm-hmm. if you go into District 2, you kind of have to do a few things yes. at the same time to make yeah. it worthwhile. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like paying cover charge at a club. You want to make sure <laughs> you want to hit a couple value. of drinks. Yeah, yep. you want to hit yeah. a couple of drinks before you head out. That's yep. how I kind of see it. Yeah. Okay, so that's my review for uh, Cafe Marcel in District District to go and check it out. If By the you're way, interested I'll, 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 in go, I'll go to Cafe next time. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go have a slut with you. I'll yeah. be like, oi, slut, what's slut? Right. Let's have a slut. I've moved on, actually. Really? I've already had my, I've gone through my ex <laughs> Don't, don't you want I've another slut? Moved on. You don't want two sluts? Uh, I, could, I could down two yeah. easily. They're, they're that size. Wow. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, if there's anything or anywhere you think we should review, let us know. that's it for this episode thank you mel and andy for being good sports and joining me and thank you for listening don't forget you can find out more about vietnam and southeast asia and uh, egg sluts by visiting our website thebureauasia.com and by checking out our social media on facebook and instagram we're at mel at the bureau asia 